1: The win, it's good. Another
0: ferocious slam by Hamidou Diallo for the lead. Gilgis Alexander got it. The Thunder lead by one.
1: What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast Post Game Edition. As the Thunder lose number nine in a row to the Detroit Pistons, one ten. I am your host, Jacob Niffen. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomTownHoops.com. The tank lives on, folks. The Thunder dropped number nine in a row to the Detroit Pistons, even though Lou Dort and Darius Baisley, uh, again, had two very nice games. Uh, the young guys came out and continued to ball, uh, so that was nice to see. Detroit rested Uh, or sat due to injury, like three-quarters of their roster played a lot of guys that don't even typically play, uh, but were still able to squeeze out the win primarily due to points off Thunder turnovers. Uh, The Thunder were very sloppy with the ball, turning the ball over a total of 21 times tonight. After the Thunder versus Pistons game, I went live on the locker room app to talk about the game, uh, the tank, a little bit about the draft, uh, I had a cool little anecdote tonight uh, from Chad Ford and Mark Stein, so tune in for that as well. I thought that was a lot of fun today. Um, I got to chat with them on Locker Room, uh, and then I, I kind of rehashed and, and summarized what we talked about on this episode, so stay around for that as well. Quick reminder to check out our YouTube live stream this coming Sunday, 9 p.m. Central Time. We will be on YouTube. It will also be on Twitter and on Facebook. Also, make sure to check out our Twitter account if you have not yet, at the underscore uncontested, where you can follow all of our analysis and find our awesome Thunder swag. We dropped some new T-shirts, some Travis Scott, Shea Gilgis Alexander-inspired T-shirts today, so you can find those there. We also have our Lutang Clan shirts, which are awesome. We have Poku shirts, uh, a ton and. A ton of awesome stuff. So go check those out if you are looking for some new Thunder swag uh, towards the end of this season. And with that, I will get you over to the locker room audio. Hope you guys enjoy it. And we will talk to you guys again Sunday night. The Oklahoma City Thunder dropped number nine in a row. This time to the Detroit Pistons, 110-104, to 104, and the most competitive game the Thunder have played in quite a while. The Detroit Pistons playing virtually nobody on their roster. I think they sat six or seven guys. Uh, Coming into this one, it felt like this was a game the Thunder was going to win, that they were destined to win after so many losses in a row. Some of the performances we've seen from some of the Thunder players. The Detroit Pistons uh, explicitly trying to out-tank OKC in this game. But Thunder turnovers really... Uh, switched this one around and allowed OKC to lose another one. Uh, 21 total turnovers for the Thunder, albeit Detroit had 18 turnovers, just ugly on both sides. Uh, on this one, Thunder end up with eight blocks. They were flirting around with for a while, the Thunder were, uh, with trying to break their single game record of 10 blocks in a game this season. Uh, They had seven, I think, halfway through the second quarter. Could never get over the hump after that. But Thunder lose number nine in a row. This now gives the Thunder, once again, sole possession of the fifth best lottery odds uh, in the league. They are a game and a half behind Orlando. I think it's actually two games. I think that Orlando game hasn't uh, officially updated on Tankathon yet. Uh, but with the Washington Wizards winning today, the Thunder are now two and a half games away from the Wizards, two games away from Sacramento and Toronto, with a massive showdown with Toronto coming up on Sunday, and two games ahead of Sacramento as well, uh, and a half game up on Cleveland now. So a good tank night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think a lot of the plan uh, and a lot of the, the the feeling for Thunder fans now is that this season is we're in full-on tank mode, Uh, There's really nothing left to play for this season, and we are pushing as hard as possible to get that best pick we can possibly get. Tonight is one of those nights that really, to me, became a must-lose game for the Thunder in order to uh, enhance those odds. Like I said, a very, very competitive game for the Thunder, but they end up still taking the L, which is pretty impressive. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some individual performances tonight that I want to dive into. Uh, And I want to start with the guy that started off the game hot and then started to chill off over time, uh, and that is Darius Baisley. Bays ended the game tonight 19 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, uh, 3 turnovers. A really solid night for Baisley, minus his 3-point shooting. He was 1 of 10 for 3. He just could not get a shot to go into the basket from 3, which is... You know, it, it's kind of wild after what he did in the bubble last season. Baisley, we all thought he was going to be like a really adept shooter, but just could not get the ball to go in from three tonight and really all this season. But I want to talk about positives here. I mean, on a nine-game losing streak, I tonight was the first night I felt really bad for the Thunder, honestly. Like, I felt like this one was a little demoralizing for them. And so I, I felt kind of bad. But even though I know this is the best thing, Uh, overall for OKC. But I want to talk some positives. And the first positive I want to dive in on is Darius Baisley's attacking the rim. Uh, If you've listened to our podcast for this season or any part of last season, uh, if you've been with us for a while, you know that I have constantly said the one thing that Darius Baisley needs, has to get better at in order to become a good NBA player, is his finishing at the basket. Uh, He constantly, he's got the athleticism, but he constantly goes up soft. He releases the ball low, and it gets blocked. Um, Just a bad finisher at the rim, a very bad finisher at the rim. Tonight, though, Baisley finished wonderfully around the rim. If you take away his 1 of 10 from 3, that puts him at 6 of 8 from the field from inside the arc. Uh, that's incredible. That's exactly what you want from Baisley. He had multiple dunks tonight. He was finishing over guys in the lane. I felt like he was being very physical, uh, very aggressive, and doing a great job finishing at the basket. That is the type of growth you want to see. I, I don't know. You know, you would think that finishing like that and, and you know, being more aggressive and athletic and assertive at the rim, you would think that that would come around with experience. But I actually, I wonder how much Baisley missing some time actually benefited him. Uh, Being out with that shoulder injury right after All-Star break, I wonder if that benefited him at all to kind of sit on the bench and just watch the game and really start to see what he needs to do and how he needs to um, attack opposing defenses and now is going out there and being much more physical with it I mentioned to know if there's like any if there was any benefit to that. and unfortunately, I do not have credentials to to get into the post game Zoom calls and ask him that I hope somebody does. but I feel like that's maybe been a, a little bit of a benefit for Bayes, honestly. Uh, Bayes also ends the night with the most minutes on the team. Uh, and then the second guy I want to talk about, obviously our dude, Lugentz Dort. Dort dropped 26 points tonight, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, a block, 3 turnovers for Dort as well. But So I guess first we'll talk about the box score, right? Because that's impressive. Again, 26 points on 20 shots, 3 of 8 from 3. That's 37.5%. 9 of 20 from the field. Dort is stringing together a series of really, really good games. And it makes you really excited. Now, it's hard to evaluate because he's been on a team that's, like, not trying to win and going up against teams that know his team is not trying to win. But still, even with that being said, like, 42 against Utah, like, we could call that, like, a blip on the radar, right? Like, everyone gets hot from time to time. Corey Brewer got hot at one point in time and dropped a 50-point game in the NBA. But Lou is starting to consistently string these together, Um and there's nothing, no way you can take that as anything but positive. You can be like a little uh, on the fence about it. You could say like, oh, it's good, but I want to see it whenever the team's like actually competing. That's fair. But you you can't say that what he's doing right now is not a positive because it is. Uh, he's been really impressive scoring the ball, which is exactly what you need from him. And the same thing with Lou uh, that I said about Bazley, I'll say about Lou is that he's just got to be better at finishing at the rim. Coach Dagnalt today, uh, pre-game media availability said one of the reasons why defenses are so good against Lou at the basket is because Lou picks up his dribble too early. And that kind of showcases, uh, it projects to the defense what he's going to do once he picks it up. Uh, he's got to keep his dribble alive a little bit longer and then scoop and score. And so I thought that was fascinating uh, and a really honest answer by by coach and so i really appreciated that answer as well um but hopefully lou can continue to grow in that aspect he's still young he's still got a long ways to go but what we're seeing from lou is really positive but aside from the box score from lou dort i want to talk about his stuff that doesn't show up on a stat sheet like I, just some of the stuff he did tonight, I was like, dude, I tweeted it from the from the Thunder, or the uncontested account. I said, somebody needs to make a picture of Lou Dort planting C4 on a tank because that's what this guy is doing. He's blowing up the tank. Just his hustle, his effort, his defensive tenacity, his ability and willingness to like dive on the floor for loose balls, to tie guys up, to scrap, to claw, to get over screens. That type of stuff doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but he just works his ass off every game. And it's so much fun to watch and it's so encouraging. Um, it's just, it, it's good stuff by Lou It's really good stuff by Lou And so those guys really stood out to me tonight. Uh, Moses Brown with another almost double double, 12 points, eight rebounds uh, for those rebounds being offensive, uh, two blocks as well. So decent stuff from Moses tonight. And then Tony Bradley as well, 11 points, seven rebounds, two steals, two blocks, uh, but four turnovers for Tony, which is not good. Uh, But the two big men, I think, uh, did what they needed to, although Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons is a handful. So, uh, Well, guys, we are live on Locker Room if you're listening to the podcast version of this. If you're here with me on Locker Room, thank you guys so much. We've got a handful of people in the room here. Uh, Start dropping those questions in the chat, you guys. Uh, Hit that request to speak button. I don't want to sit up here and speak uh, and just monologue this entire time. So get up here, give me some thoughts you had uh, about the game, about overall about the tank, uh, about the draft whatever let's uh, let's get some people up here let's chat get some stuff in the in the chat room uh, hit that request to speak button and let's uh, let's talk some basketball here while I wait for those comments to come in and some people to hit that request to speak button um, again I will reiterate the thunder are at fifth best odds now in the standings. Uh, for their draft pick, right? So it's not fifth best. They're not fifth best record. They're fifth worst record. Uh, but it's it's all about perspective, right? And right now for the Thunder, what's best is to get good lottery odds. Um, I wanted to mention this on this show. I was actually here on Locker Room earlier today uh, and got a chance to talk to Mark Stein and Chad Ford. Uh, Chad Ford, obviously ESPN, uh, college basketball and draft insider, and then Mark Stein Uh, New York Times, uh, NBA analyst and newsbreaker. And so they were taking people up on stage in the locker room, and I got a chance to get up and ask them a question. And so the question I asked them, which I think a lot of Thunder fans are really interested in, is I said, man, we know the top five in this draft uh, are phenomenal. Uh, For reference, Chad Ford in the locker room said that a lot of scouts and GMs have have told him that they see Evan Mobley as a mix of Chris Bosch and Anthony Davis, which is just like, holy shit. And that a lot of people see a lot of Luca and Cade Cunningham. And so those are like incredible comps. And so I got on stage and I asked him, I said, for teams that don't land in the top five, Do those teams have any chance of trading in or are those top five picks so coveted that whoever gets them on draft lottery night is just going to hold on to them and not give them up for anything. Uh, And Chad said that he thinks uh, there's a very little chance somebody outside of the top five can trade in. Now maybe somebody inside the top five can trade up, but he did not think that there was any chance that anybody inside the top five or sorry, outside the top five could trade into the top five of the draft this year just because. Those top five guys are, even Chad Ford said this, seen as franchise-changing players. They are seen as guys that can can be the number one guy on the team and that the real draft starts when we get to number six because number six is very much up in the air. Nobody really knows who's going to end up at number six as far as uh, what player. uh, Who There's no consensus number six overall pick, but those top five guys, in some order, are definitely going in the top five. And so I thought that was interesting. I also asked Chad Ford about the G League Ignite team and how scouts and GMs uh, felt about being able to scout those G League guys versus going around the country scouting college guys. And he said that he thinks and he's heard that scouts and GMs really loved having the G League Ignite team, not only because the G League was... Uh, centered in Orlando in a bubble this year, so you didn't have to travel to watch the Ignite. But also, they were playing in an NBA-style system. I'm talking uh, those four guys for the Ignite, but most, more specifically, uh, Green and Kaminga. He talked about how they played in an NBA-style and system with the Ignite team. They played on an NBA court with the Ignite team. Uh, they played with NBA veteran teammates and against NBA teams like players in the G League? Because when you think about it, the G League is like all of the the best players from college who don't go to the NBA make it to the G League, right? When you go into college, you play against all types of college players, good college players, bad college players, mediocre college players. But the G League is littered with guys that were like all-conference Guys that were winning uh, like conference awards and winning national titles and being focal points on their NBA team. Like the guys that suck in college don't have a career in basketball. The guys in the G League did not suck in college. They were really, really good. And so I guess a lot of scouts and GMs really enjoyed uh, getting a chance to scout Kaminga and Green against that type of competition because you got a better view of what they're going to look like against NBA level talent. And he said that he thinks that the Ignite experience uh, was an overwhelming success, uh, both for the league and people scouting those guys and for those young players, and that we should see more of that moving forward. More.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Players are going to choose to take uh, the G League Ignite route over the traditional college route. So I thought that was really fascinating. Um, but it also tells me if the Thunder don't land in the top five, there might there might be a really really low chance of them trading into the top five. And so, uh, really, the goal this season is to land at least one top five pick. If you can muster it, get two top five picks. Um, because I don't think if you're outside, you're getting in. Uh, let's check the chat, um.
2: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma Cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1,000,000. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning that's creditkarma.com/slash/winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply.
1: Silver said, "Are you not? Sh- you are not sure about Bays and the future? Uh, I think you're referring to like, does Bayes have a future on this team?" Um, like, Look, I don't think they're like signing up ready to trade Bays away right now. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but at this point in time, I think Baysley is, uh, when you look at his realistic ceiling off what we've seen from a season and a half from him, uh, I think at best he's like an NBA role player. I don't think he's going to be like a starter in this league. I think he's going to be like a kind of a bench guy. Um, I would love for him to, to blow up and to be really good and to be like a starting level player. Um, I just don't know if it's there, right? And he's super young, and he's got a ton of time to grow, and the Thunder are going to give him that opportunity. Uh, I don't think Baisley is one of these guys. Like, you're not going to trade Baisley for a second-round pick. That's never going to happen. The, the Thund- He has so much more value to the Thunder than a second-round pick. But I also don't think pick number five and Baisley is moving you up to pick number two or pick number three in this year's draft. And so he doesn't hold that kind of value around the league. Uh, He's not going to move you up. So I have a hard time seeing them trade Baisley just because his perceived value around the league is much lower than what his perceived value to the Thunder is. Uh, Jorge asks, when was the last time a top four pick stayed with their original team and won a championship? Uh, That's a great question, Jorge. Uh, I do not know that off the top of my head. I would have to go and dig through the NBA draft. Um, and, and I get, Oh, Kyrie, there we go. Dion says Kyrie. That's a good answer. Um, I don't know if there's anybody after Kyrie, uh, and Jorge, I think the point you're getting at is that these top five players don't stay on their teams and they leave and they want a title elsewhere, but you're not winning a title unless you get some of those top five guys, because those are the guys that have all NBA potential. Um, did the Thunder win a title whenever they had KD, Russ, and Harden? No, but they were on the damn doorstep, right? They were right there, and those are the types of players you have to get, right? Um, I know people want to point out like the Giannis on and Kumpo's and the uh, uh, the Kawhi Leonard's and and things like that. These, uh, I, I guess, even Nikola Jokic, right? But those are exceptions to the rule, not the rule itself. Uh, your chance of, it's kind of funny. We, we call the top 14 in the draft, the lottery, but your chance of landing an all NBA type player outside of the top 14, really outside of the top five is like playing the real life lottery where your odds are so astronomically low uh, that you just have no chance, right? Um, it's, it's literally just getting super lucky. Like the Thunder are super lucky that they got a guy, Lou Dort, undrafted that's ended up being this good. So I do not think, um, you know, the, the goal for the thunder isn't going to be like, be decent, uh, to kind of good and land picks like 15, 16, 17 each year and hope you strike gold because you're not going to like the odds in the, in the, the evidence throughout NBA history says that's not going to happen uh you need those top 5 picks and then you have 9 years with those guys. They're four year in their rookie contract and then 5 years on their their rookie max extension. Uh Justin says, didn't get to see the game tonight. Stupid work and adult responsibilities. Y'all have a great weekend though, Thunder up. Thanks Justin. Uh yeah, work sometimes sucks. I feel that. Uh luckily I have a day job. Um I uh, you guys know this. I teach and so I get to uh Get to watch all the Thunder games except for whenever we were in the bubble. I missed a few because of that. So that was unfortunate. But and then the whole summer off is pretty nice too. So uh I wish the state of Oklahoma would pay me more, but hey, that's why uh that's why I podcast so I can make an extra 20 bucks a month. Uh Silver says, Do you see the Thunder winning the rest of the season? <laughs> that's a great question, Silver. I've been wondering that too. The Thunder will win a couple more this season. After tonight, they have 16 games left. I think that's the correct number. I think um, Detroit was 17 left. Now they have 16 left. Um, they'll win two or three. They'll win two or three Ag- against my will. They will win two or three. I would love for them to go on a, uh, 24, 25 game losing streak and just bottom out and end up with a top three odds. Uh, that's my dream, but I would also feel really bad for those players. Cause I know they're busting their ass. Uh, Sam says, I really hope we don't beat the Raptors. Yeah, Sam. So the Raptors won tonight when they had everybody on the bench. Uh, they didn't. The Raptors played like nobody tonight. I'm trying to pull up their box score real quick. Uh, here we go. They played the Orlando Magic. And the leading scorer uh, for the Raptors. Well, first, let's just talk about their starting lineup. Malachi Flynn, Fred Van Vliet, Kem Birch, Chris Boucher, and some guy named Paul Watson who went for 30 points on 10 of 13 shooting. I've never, I didn't know Paul Watson existed until tonight. Uh, Rodney Hood, DeAndre Bembry played, um, Stanley Johnson played, no Aaron Baines, uh, no Kyle Lowry, no Pascal Siakam, no OG Ananobi. Uh, Since they sat tonight, I would assume they will play Sunday. And if they play Sunday, the Thunder should not win that game. Uh, But, Toronto winning tonight uh, puts an even bigger gap between them and Oklahoma City. Uh, it is now a full two game. No, I think it's two and a half game. Let me see real quick. Let me refresh Tankathon. If you guys aren't using Tankathon yet, you need to get on it, man. Um, yeah, it's a full two and a half games for the Thunder uh, for Toronto over the Thunder now. Clay says, "Are we getting to the point that Lou is untouchable? He's the type of player Sam wanted Dre Tabo to be for this team." You know, Clay. Um, Tune into Sunday's episode because I'm going to have some stuff kind of comparing Lou to Dre and Tabo. Um, I do not think he is untouchable, right? I do not think he is untouchable, but I think he's like really important to this team, and they're only going to move him if they can get a guy that they think is going to be like an all-star type player. Uh, They're not just going to trade off Lou just to empty the clip, right? Like he's he's too valuable. Uh, Last one I'll take, and then we'll get out of here. I don't think anybody's requested to speak. That is correct. Uh, Silver says, what do you think of the Shea news that broke today? So that is in reference to uh, Coach Dagnalt saying that uh, Shea is not ready to be evaluated yet. Uh, His plantar fasciitis is still uh, at a spot where they do not want to push him. So he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Two weeks puts us at April 30th, and that would mean uh, the Thunder have like seven – Games left, six games left. Shea's not playing again this year. I firmly, firmly believe that. Uh, if I, if you asked me to make a bet, um, you gave, you told me I had to take five hundred dollars out of my bank account and put it on um, uh, a bet. I would bet on Shea not playing this season. Uh, what's the point? What's the point? There's not one, right? Shea comes back and. Is, is there anything Shea can do in the final 10 games that is going to prove something to you that you didn't already know? No, I don't think it is, right? There's nothing he is going to prove to you. He was averaging 26 points, uh, five rebounds, six assists a game on 51% uh, after his injury. 51% shooting, like 44% from three, and like 88% from the free throw line. He's not proving anything else to you this season. There's nothing else you can learn from him right now. And so the only thing you do if you bring him back is you risk injury and you bring this team closer to the middle and ruin their draft odds. The Thunder just aren't going to do it. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Unless Shea like demanded to get to play and he was healthy. Maybe they let him play a little bit, but he's not going to play. He's done for this season. Jorge says also Wade went five, Dirk went nine, Pierce went 10, Kobe went 13. So if we fall, no sweat, right? Yeah, again, Jorge, I think those are the exceptions to the rules. Um, you're not finding a uh, a Dirk at nine very often, right? You're not finding a Kobe at 13 very often. Sometimes it happens, but it's the exception, not the rule. Uh, Jeremiah says, if we get offered someone like Towns for Dort, uh, what Thunder fans say? No. Uh, I think you you probably have to do that. It depends on how much like picks and and how you match the salaries and stuff. Uh, personally, I don't want Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's a little too old. Um, he's up for uh, uh, free agency uh, sooner rather than later. He doesn't really fit the timeline, and I don't think that's a guy that that Sam Presti would target. Uh, just my two cents, though. So, All right, guys. Well, we had a handful of you guys hopping in here tonight uh, on the locker room app. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. For those of you listening to the podcast version, uh, thank you guys as well. Hope you all have a great weekend. We will be back after the Thunder versus Toronto game on Sunday. That game tips at 6 p.m. Central Time. Should end around 8.30 Central Time. And then we will be live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube Sunday night at 9 p.m. with our usual Uh, weekly live show. So tune into that if you do not already. Follow the uncontested on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. And then uh, follow our channel. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube as well so you can watch that live. It's just the whole squad getting together and chatting hoops. So we'll break down the Toronto game. We're going to talk a lot of Lou Dort. We are going to uh, give some updates on the tank meter. We'll have a lot of stuff going on on Sunday. So make sure you join us then. And until then, oh wait, wait, wait. Before before I sign this off, let's do one, let's do one Tankathon sim before I get out of here. I'm hitting the button now. Bang, Thunder get number four and five in my sim. It's the dream, man. That's what you want. Two top five picks, sign me up. Obviously, the dream is one and five. But four and five, you can't complain. That's that's what we're out for, that's what we're trying to do. Let's make it happen. You guys have a great weekend, and we will talk to you Sunday at 9 p.m. Until then, and as always, thunder up.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.